To all you mothers and now maybe grandmothers now, that is your responsibility. Oh, Mothers-to-be, happy Mother's Day to you. Makes me sad to think of Mother's Day sometimes in societies that were largely patriarchal where, throughout all of history, where every day was Father's Day. I think Jesus ushered in a new kind of way with whether I learned the word from the chosen, Ima. His Ima treated her with love and care and respect. Um, very gracious way to think of mom. Mothers are pretty good at unconditional love. It takes a lot to lose the love of a mother, although in history it has shown itself. We see it in the courtroom occasionally. And mothers, they teach us unconditional love like God has for us. And Jesus now, we're back at the Last Supper still from these last six weeks of John, and he's trying to prepare his disciples for life without him. Maybe the Last Supper, but it's a new way of life coming. I and you and you and me. The Father's in me. The Father will always be in me. And I'm coming to send an advocate to you, the Spirit, in which I will be contained so my Father is contained in there. That's what our confirmation is all about. The fullness of the faith coming on 51 young students from um, our three parishes this afternoon as they confirm their belief in Christ. They confirm the baptismal promises their parents made for them. But Jesus is talking to the disciples. I'm leaving. It's taken some convincing that they will have never being wrong and always sure. That's what Jesus brought to them. It's nice to have that kind of surety in life. Now we have to, what we call discern, discern our way through life. And we're subject to error, of course. But Jesus resides in us as followers from baptism to confirmation. And now we're led by our conscience. We make mistakes. In which case, I say, Jesus, wouldn't it just be easier if you just were here and told me so I don't make these mistakes? But what do we do? We have to stand on our own two feet as spiritual people. That's what God wants, to be an exemplary, um, an exemplary um, disciple of Christ. We stand on our feet. Look at the disciples at the Last Supper, which Jesus is preaching to them today. Oh, they're going to be confused. They're going to be running, denying Jesus, betraying Jesus. But 50, year, 50 days later at the Pentecost, of course, what happens? They become overly zealous for the Lord. In the face of persecution, they are running all over Jerusalem, bringing converts to the people. What a wonderful thing. They still made mistakes and they still argued with each other. That's part of uh, the discernment process. So I'd like to look at the characteristic of a saint's life too. All those guys. A saint says to themselves when they see their life, you know what, I could never have done that. And the disciples were probably saying the same way, I could never do that in my life, doing what I did after Pentecost. But Jesus was in them, God was in them, strengthening, strengthening them. He did such a marvelous job of all those guys, the apostles. 
All the saints asked the same question and when they reflected on their life. I can't do that. I could never do that. Yet they did it. And then they know God was in their life, acting. I look at myself the same way, the priesthood. You gotta be kidding me, Lord. You want me to be a priest? I don't speak in public. I don't do it. I don't go to the hospital. I don't go to the nursing homes unless I'm forced to. Now it's a pleasure. And I look back and say, I can't do that, Lord. Well, I didn't have to because God is in me doing it through me. Whenever you want to think of something to do, don't look at your strengths necessarily. Pray about it, your weaknesses, and go do your weaknesses. God is calling you to through your weakness. No, he calls you to your strengths often. But if you've ever felt, I can't do that, how are you going to put God and ask God to do that for you? He's in you. If you feel it gnawing on your heart to do something, take the chance. Step out in faith. Be that way for God. God will equip you to do it. That's the beauty of the saints. They all said the same thing, most likely. I can't do that. And then they did, uh, did it anyways. Beautiful thing. We're now unconditionally loved by God. So how do we make ourselves believe it from here to right here? We believe, we know God loves us, but do we feel it in our heart? That's the struggle. That's the important thing. That's a way of life, knowing that God um, has given us unconditional love. Unconditional love, too, does not mean yes that's a big difference. doesn't mean yes to everything I desire. Parents, mothers especially, you know, the, you know the drill. I wonder how many times I told my mom, you are so mean, you won't let me play with my firecrackers. I remember that being one of my big ones. And she wouldn't, she took them away. I bought them at school and I, she took them away. You are the meanest mother in the world. Unconditional love says, no, I'm gonna protect you. God's the same way. We don't get everything we ask from God because he know it's not going to be ending well for us. So unconditional love says no. That's what unconditional love says. It doesn't always say yes. It says no more often than not. Because God, like you parents, you know what's good and bad for your children, so you say no, that is love. That is unconditional love. To be able to do that, to say no, and then to accept the children getting a little bucky sometimes. And we all know what that is. The teen years always saying, I can make that decision on my own. Well, you're not gonna. Um, unconditional love says that. He says no to things that are gonna um, put you in danger or make you, uh, um, keep you from making a choice that is gonna change your life for the worse. So only God sees out in the future, knows what can happen. Parents can do that too because of their life experience, they know what's gonna happen. Not to answer every prayer, and the affirmative is unconditional love, and that needs to happen.